This would be it's... interesting. Then it would just be a podcast recording with some different ambiance uh, working <laughs> yeah. from home sound. You'll probably get my dog in the background. I was thinking about moving her, but I thought, no, she should be okay. Oh, well, <laughs> she's also brilliant. So awesome. Well, welcome, Gemma Roberts, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's awesome. So I followed you on Instagram for a couple of years, um, I guess, because time just flies. So I actually couldn't quite remember when I began. Um, but you make these really, really cute, pretty things for you and your daughter, and she makes them as well, um, actually now. And I just love following you and seeing, um, yeah, seeing all the things that you do and the choices you make with prints and color. And yeah, you, you just brilliant so I'm so happy that you would come here today to talk about your creative journey and I guess also some of the the career choices the creative choices that you've made along the way yeah well I found you um probably around about the same time because there was an article in Simply Sewing magazine on on you and I instantly don't know why just instantly felt connected as you as you do with some people don't you in this world this community some people you're really drawn to others you aren't um and so I suppose yeah it's been I think it's been about two years no it might I think it was a year I think I started it in November 2020 so it's only just over a year um so I've been following you for yeah for that amount of time yeah it's quite fun because I remember sometimes when I had things in Simply Sewing and and there would be like yes you know one new follower here and there popping <laughs> up and you think oh that that's from that but that's it's nice that somebody reads it and and goes and follows because I I always used to do that when I uh, when I had my subscriptions uh, to Molly makes and simply sewing so whenever there was a new contributor I would go and follow just to see to see what else they were up to so that yeah. that's really nice but I actually wanted to start on talking uh, about Instagram because yeah that was actually one of my my recent episodes on this mm. podcast talking a bit about Instagram. But uh, how long have you had the your Instagram account? And uh, yeah, did it begin at the same time as your sewing uh, journey started, or or how was that? Yeah, so I started the sewing journey um, as far as making like proper things, as I call it, making clothes for me. Um, that started in making wearable clothes for Isla. So that was November twenty twenty. And I had an Instagram account, but it's um, a personal, a private account. So um, I couldn't, I found that I couldn't tag people or anything like that in, or they couldn't see what, that I was tagging them in. So um, I decided to set up a separate account so that also I, I thought a lot of my friends um, are interested in what I'm making, but equally I've got friends and family who probably don't <laughs> care about the latest skirts I made or the latest wool I've bought so I thought if I set up a separate account um and it, it had to involve Isla as well because the stuff I was making was for her she's also very creative so she makes things with me and as she's getting older by herself so the account was set up then really I've been making things for her previously um when she was a toddler but they were um that was when I was learning to sew clothes for her and it was I started on fiddly stuff so there were gathers and there were zips and everything that was complicated about sewing was probably the first thing I made her and it just put me off because it wasn't wearable you know a toddler wearing a pretty little cotton dress with a zip <laughs> and gathers she just wasn't that um it wasn't her really so I left it for quite a while but then when I revisited it 
I discovered jersey fabrics and stretch fabrics and that's when I got really excited because I was making things that she was actually picking out the wardrobe to wear every day you know to the point where her knees were wearing out she was wearing out the knees and things in her leggings and I was having to patch them or make new ones so that was when it got exciting and that's when I started the account so I could share it with like-minded people really. But when I see the things that you've been making I definitely understand why why Isla would pick those things out of a <laughs> wardrobe and her drawers because it's some very nice and colorful things and also just that you allow her to choose prints and you you know you go to choose fabrics together is is really nice. Yeah she's definitely got way more style than me she she's always she's always known what she wants so from the age of I think about 18 months I remember she just wore this was before I was making her clothes she was obsessed with Frozen as most girls were and she had this cheap Elsa dress that was like three ninety nine in this like you know these cheap stores that just just sell everything and she just wore it every single day I had to wash it when she was asleep <laughs> so whenever there was one in the shop in that size I would buy it for her so she wore this dress there were four of them she had on rotation wow. for about a year and a half and I'm not even joking it's just this one dress and wellies and so she's always known and from from about the same time she just wore dresses she would refuse and even now she likes leggings but she won't wear trousers or jogging bottoms so she's always known exactly what she wants and she's always just had a a, a really good eye for pattern and fabric and color and so I literally just show her the options and just say to her you go and choose and she comes up with things that I would never put together I mean if I walked out in what she was wearing it would be like I'd walk through a charity shop and someone had just thrown a load of stuff at me <laughs> and I'd look like a crazy woman but she just pulls it off so I just let her have free reign and I just make whatever she requests well, that's a great way of showing support and that it would just be fun to then follow her style journey and mm. see what twists and turns she'll take. Definitely. And, and, and yeah, hilarious with the Elsa dresses on rotation. <laughs> I I also have, you have two daughters who were also big on Frozen when it came out. But I was the mum who then said, all right, I'll make you an Elsa dress <laughs> to my oldest. And, and I made one that was very bad. And she just looked at me and said, oh. like, no, I don't want this. <laughs> so just I also buy had to one, buy mama. one. Yeah, yeah. So, um. But it's a good thing to know what you want from an early age, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The, that she shows some creativity in that. And mm. and so like to get back to you and creativity, mm. have you always considered yourself a creative person? Yeah, it's a funny question because I think when you're around creative people, um, and you're brought up in a creative family household, you don't really see yourself as being creative. It's just a thing that's it's like you all eat, you all breathe. It's it's just a thing that everyone does and then you realize it's not a thing that everyone does <laughs> and when people say oh that's amazing you made that I, I'm just like well yeah I just followed a pattern like I follow a recipe to make a pie or something to me it's just a literal I'm just following I'm just reading instructions um but that's a really good point because you're yeah. actually you're, you're you're right there are a lot of people who say yes oh that's because you've been brought up like that well that's how can you do that and what why mm. where did you get those skills but but yeah it's funny when you when you've had that with you all along it doesn't it doesn't feel special it just just no. feels like just feels like breathing or walking or whatever else you do 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I do go through periods where um, I'm not creative and I haven't got a project on or I don't feel I just I just don't have that creative energy in me. And, and I've, I've go through periods of it in my life. Um, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, something will spark me wanting to start crocheting again or start sewing again or whatever it is. And then I've got this energy and this buzz. And I just think, how how have I lived my life the last few months without this? Like, <laughs> how have I how have I managed? And I, I think now that I um, I look back on those moments, I realise that sometimes I have to make myself start a new project. And it's not thinking of it as a I should or I must or and taking the fun away from it. But sometimes just starting something can be quite daunting. Um, but when you actually get on the treadmill and you start then that's literally all you can think about you wake up in the morning and you're excited for another day because you can do more on that project or you can (laughs) finish that thing or start a new thing so um yeah I couldn't imagine my life without having some sort of creative thing going on no and being being so creative and having been it all along was there anybody special who, who taught you your skills or who inspired you especially uh, yeah, my mum. She was always, always knitting. Again, it's one of those things I just, I, I didn't really think it was a special thing until I, I've grown up and I'm a mum. Um, and I and I'm doing all the things that my mum was doing with me. Um, but yeah, with, with you asking these questions, it, it's made me sort of look back and go, oh, yeah, my mum was pretty special, actually, you know, she would always have knitting needles on the go. She managed, I don't know how she would manage to read a pattern, knit listen to me and my brother jibber jabbering on and and run a household but still just be calmly knitting you know a complicated pattern whereas I'm like I can't (laughs) I'm like I just can't just don't talk to me unless I'm just doing the same stitch over and over like a blanket or something that's just there's no thought in it um but she was always knitting. Um, when I grew up in the in the RAF at the Royal Air Force, uh, my dad was in there. So we lived in Germany between when I was between the age of about two and five, I think. And um, my mum worked in the NAFI, which was like a shop on our base, which had everything in there. And she worked in the wool shop um, as a volunteer one day a week. And I just remember my one of my vivid childhood memories is the buttons, you know, when you've got even now, like it just sends tingles, all the ends of the tubes and they've all got the button on the end of what's inside. And I just I think that's all I would do while she was working was just look at the buttons and. Um, what a great little helper you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably what Isla does now is just just leave her with the buttons or something. But yeah, so she was always knitting. Um, I always remember um, sewing patterns. I remember just fabric all over the floor and the um, brown tracing paper, um, you know, sewing patterns out flat out, all pinned. Um, and, I, you know, how different we do things because mine are normally paper patterns and I've got weights on them because they're such thick patterns, whereas hers are all this thin, delicate tracing paper. And, um, yeah, so she, she was always doing something, but it was it was nearly always sewing and knitting. And I can't remember her actually teaching me to sew. 
Um, but I do remember her trying to teach me to knit and just the frustration because I was awful at knitting. Did she end up in like, did she succeed in teaching you to knit? Because my mum couldn't teach no. me. She had to get my nan to do it. And I feel like that's one of those things you have to get the next generation to, to, to help with that. But but what about yeah, you and your yeah. mum? Did she teach you or was it something no, else? Um, no, unfortunately, because we were in the RAF, my grandparents were in different parts of the world or the country um so we never had that but um I remember I remember going to the shop with a um to you know the whole thing where I'm gonna knit and I'm gonna knit a scarf and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna choose my yarn and I remember taking me to the shop and I was much older then I was probably a teenager um she took me to the shop and it was the most I've probably still got it somewhere the most thin I wouldn't even say it, it was probably like cotton or something, but it had all these bits of different fabric coming off so that when you made this scarf, it was like a crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it sounds very 90s, 80s. Yeah, wonderful. yeah. Um, and it was the worst. I remember my mum saying, no, just just choose like a, a decent, like a wool, something quite thick. No, no, I was like, I'm, I want this really pretty one. It had like turquoises and like aquas and blues and stuff. And um, it's still unfinished. And that's probably about 20 years ago. And it would always, I actually would have to cast on and cast off for me because I could not get my head around that. And I was all, always end up with one extra or one less. And she would, I'd get to the end of the row count them up and go oh have I got one extra and, she, and it would just be the oh, pass it to me and it was just a pass back to her she'd try and sort it out and then it would be back to me mum I've got one less and she'd be like oh I'm so happy you chose that yarn <laughs> yeah if you still have it as an unfinished project please please take a photo and show it we'd, we'd love to see that just for will, the, kind of the, the time the time machine aspect of it yeah, but no, she didn't finish teaching me. I think, um, what did I do? I think I think I just turned to YouTube a couple of years ago and or a, a tutorial. No, I didn't. I don't really like YouTube. I like I like um, step by step photo tutorials. Yeah. So then I can. I don't even like to pause YouTube. I just no. like to have it printed out, read it, and yeah, and that's completely alien to my mum because she would just have a knitting pattern and. Yeah you know, on two sides of an A4 sheet and with all these technical terms. And yeah, so it's completely different to the way the way she was doing things. Yeah, that, that's complete different language to understand all those uh, abbreviations in, in knitting, kind mm. of the knitting lingo. It's, yeah. Also, I also get frustrated when I have to learn something and then have to pause YouTube way too oh. many times and then go back and then back. stop again. <laughs> yeah. But it's like there is something with, of course, not everybody from that generation, but a lot of them really, they just knew how to do so much and yep. and, and, and effortlessly in a way. Yes, they ran a household and did lots of other things and work perhaps. And then they also just managed to, to sew in it and, yeah. and make a lot of different things for the home. So, But like my mum said, it was taught in schools. You know, she's the generation because she's in her early 70s now. Um, she's the generation where boys went into woodwork mm. and the girls were split up and went went and did sewing and cooking and, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, and I do remember, I do have memories of learning to hand sew, um, do cross stitch and things in primary school. Um, and then in secondary school, I remember using a machine, but it was only to make, you know, like those 3D beanbag things that were like a prism shape. I think yeah. is it prison or a pyramid shape um so it was nothing any any more exciting than that 
Um, but that but generation, there also was a need for it to need to learn yeah. those skills. If you, yeah, if you wanted something new, perhaps where, yeah, yeah, where that need wasn't for us in the same way. No, no. But it's funny with the with the knitting and teaching, and I sometimes try to teach my daughters uh, different creative things, and and the frustration is is also there, and I can really <laughs> I can really I can really tell and feel that it sometimes gets oh it gets a little bit too. Uh, to to um dangerous uh, grounds there but but what about you and Isla can you uh, I, I've seen on Instagram that she makes a lot of pretty things so have you been mm. able to teach her or is she just like learning from watching you on the side or how it's do you getting do that? it's getting easier now um she's eight coming up to she'll be nine in um in the summer and it's it's getting a lot easier um because I remember when I'd sit and crochet she would sit next to me and you know the age of four or five and she'd want a hook and she'd want a ball of yarn and she'd just sit there prodding <laughs> prodding at the it. yarn yeah. and making something and that was really lovely because we were sat together I was able to crochet and then she was feeling like she was doing it too I think she revisited it when she was about six or seven and there was a lot of frustration from both of us because we're both quite similar and I was really trying to be calm and trying to think back to you know when you're learning and but she, she was really struggling but I think it was last year she really got to grips with it she made her best friend who left school um unfortunately they were really close and I think it was last winter she made her a little headband that she'd crocheted and her friend wore it her mum said her friend even wore it to bed she wore it every day Aww. and so Isla just loved the fact that she could make something give it to somebody and it was a practical thing for them to wear and it wasn't just you know a little token gift um so yeah she's 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 at an age where I can show her and she really understands and can do it the knitting she's yeah again she can knit I don't think she can pearl but she can knit I cast on and off for her just like my mum did because it's just easier um but she does the same she'll go mum I've 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 got one extra stitch but now thanks to YouTube um I have watched some videos on how you get those extra stitches because that was my concern of I don't want to start a massive project and not know how to just take it back a couple of steps like I can with crocheting so um that helped with her and and the sewing she loves um she started out just loving cleaning my machines which was great so she would clean my overlocker and my sewing machine <laughs> and loved well it done. <laughs> um that was last year um but now she's really um wanting to learn and she does if, if she wants to learn something she will just absorb and just take it all in um but i i, I can see when I'm just a bit too much of a perfectionist so while she's trying to do something even if she goes off ever so slightly with the machine I can feel the panic in me because I'm such a perfectionist and I'm just thinking right she's eight she's the first <laughs> thing she's sewn just leave her to it but I know what she's like and if she finishes it and she turns it inside out and it's not perfect she'd be really annoyed with herself so we're both so similar um that I know I know how she's going to react, but she's, yeah, I think this is the, this is the key age I find um, for being able to teach and for her to be able to absorb it and mm -hmm. then, and then actually go on and do stuff by herself or it's assisted. Great. It's great that she's already mm -hmm. got, got those skills and then that, mm. that's really something to build on. She's yeah. already, if, you're, if she's already where she is. Are you ever afraid of, of her using your overlocker? 
because that is a, that's a bit of a dangerous machine. Yeah, yeah. The last um, so the only time she's used the overlocker was um, I, she loves these um, fingerless gloves that I'm making her at the moment with scraps of um, material. And because of COVID, they have to have all the windows open in class and it's really cold. So she wears, she's got about six pairs of these now. Um, and she wanted to help me, but they're quite tricky. Um, so I the cuffs, I just basically got her to fold the fabric, clip it and overlock it. But I was I was really like, like there's a really sharp thing yeah, there. Yeah. Just make sure you... And she was like, Mum, there's no way I'm going to get my finger in there. And I was like, just... Oh, I just felt... Yeah, she's yeah she managed it but i can't say i would um happily leave her unattended with an overlocker oh well nobody should be left unattended even when i do courses for adults if they Mm -hmm. haven't done uh sewing on an overlocker or serger before i'm always happy that they that they borrow my machines and try them because i know i know the joy of trying an overlocker for the first Mm. time and how great it is but i'm always anxious and oh is it today where i have to call an ambulance or something (laughs) I, I remember from design school, we were doing, uh, I was doing like my, my finishing project along with the rest of the, the class. And there was one of the girls who was like sewing a white outfit for her final exam. Oh, and no. she got her finger in the, in the machine and there was blood everywhere <laughs> oh, on her nice white suit. And it was, it's always been a, ooh, a terrifying oh. moment in my memory. So oh, you have no. to be wary of the overlocker. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But dangerous machines but they can make amazing uh great things so what is the most favorite thing that you've made if you have to just choose one i know it's difficult but it's so hard the last thing i made is always the my most favorite thing in the world because it's new and shiny yeah (laughs) Um, that you love it yeah i'd say there's two things so a crochet there's a crocheted thing and there's a sewn thing so my favorite crocheted thing um I made, so I learned to crochet when I was pregnant with Isla. That's what started me with crocheting. Really wanted to make her a blanket. So the very first thing I made her was this blanket, a granny square blanket. Um, Again, my mum tried to teach me and bear in mind I was 30 this time. (laughs) Um, But she was still getting frustrated with me. So she basically gave me this leaflet from the 1970s, which my gran, so my dad's mum, had given to her to teach her. And she gave that to me. So it had all the basic wow. stitches on. So that's yeah. how I learned. So she, it was a bit of mum and a bit of my grand's leaflet from the 70s. And then I discovered um, Lucy's Attic. So I think she's Attic24 um, on Instagram. And she's got a blog as well. And basically her, um, she very kindly puts loads of free um, step-by-step tutorials for blankets and all sorts. So I made this blanket um and it was what i did was i took a photo of um we took isla to our my favorite place in the uk is a little fishing town called st ives in cornwall so um, a couple of hours from where we live um and i've got a photo of her and she was a toddler and she's crawling along the beach in this um little harbor beach and there's so many colors in the photo so she's wearing like this salmon pink and there's the reflection of um the the colors of the boats on the water and i wanted to make her a blanket and i thought oh does she use all the colors from this photo so i i chose all the colors to match what was wow, in the photo what a great idea yeah so i i created this blanket with the idea that when we went the following summer 
I would take a photo of Isla on the blanket on the obviously that never happened that was a lovely idea (laughs) I didn't finish it in the year because it's the same with whenever I make a blanket I just get so bored of the monotony I like a quick result you know I like to be able to sew a sweatshirt in an afternoon and be like I've got a sweatshirt I made it um so a blanket is a long haul and I make up excuses not to do it and that's how I can sometimes go off so anyway that I call it the um, St. Ives blanket and Isla's got it on her bed and she's had it since she was about two or three. Um, And yeah, so that's, that's my very favorite thing that I've crocheted and sewing. I made, um, it was one of the first things I made. It was a Tilly and the Buttons, um, Bobby Pinafore. In, I remember that one. Yeah, in not black not corduroy. Yours, but yes, I remember a lot of those uh, yeah. online. Yeah, it was um there was a lot to it. So there were a lot of pieces, um, a lot of buttons, a lot of sewing buttonholes on corduroy, which really wasn't fun Challenge. and just took hours. Yeah. Especially yeah, as I've not got a walking foot. <laughs> so it took me forever. Um and that's it's not still an project. No. No, um, but it's it's something that um, I always wanted a nice pinafore and it's something that I wear a lot and it's just really good. It's a good hard wearing because it's, you know, a jumbo, jumbo cord. It's black, so it goes with everything because a lot of the time I just I'm drawn to bright, beautiful patterns that I don't actually wear. So this was a nice, even though I didn't want to sew black because no one wants to sew anything in black um I I still really love it and I can put a jumper underneath it or long sleeve t-shirt underneath it and and it was a big a big make so I think that was the first time I felt like god I'm actually making proper clothes (laughs) well done so those two I think are my my most favorite it's very nice with the St. Ives blanket that it has so many memories attached to it also Mm. even though some of them were just expected memories but but (laughs) still and and yes very cool I I definitely get what you mean with like proper clothing it's that's really that's a big project and lots of yeah lots of different aspects and yeah um, lots of um, harder harder sewing things with that Mm. I'd definitely say so well done for making that thank you and because yes we've already talked about your upbringing and creativity and your mum's knitting and sewing patterns on the floor but if you also like being creative and crafty as a child um was it something that you you had expectations to do in your future because I, I remember also you know some of those same type of memories and having creativity as a part of my life and and then wanting to do things like I wanted to be a pop star or something or an artist but just thinking that's completely unrealistic I already knew mm-hmm. that as a child that I couldn't go and do that so, so what did you aspire to, or was there anything creative, and yeah, what were your expectations to your adult life? Yeah, I had a couple of things that really drove fashion. So, I, I never thought that I was a fashionable person, and I still don't. Um, so, as a child, I would just be in jeans and t-shirt, like you know, I, I didn't follow any trends. Um, so, I didn't really, I didn't really see fashion as being within my reach because I didn't think I was a fashionable person. Um, and also, um, so I had two things that I really loved was my fashion wheel. I don't know if they've got those or in Denmark. So you, you can twist the middle for the head 
uh, the yeah so the you've got a, like a big round plastic thing basically and it's made up of three things that spin and it the sounds middle... fun but I don't remember <laughs> it so at least I didn't have one <laughs> yeah it's a toy from the 80s you can still find them now on you know on um on eBay but you you could basically choose the head choose the top choose the skirt and create an outfit and then go over it with a wax crayon and then you had oh, cool. you could color it in and cut yeah. it out and, and I was making those and paper dolls and things like that and there was a program on a Sunday called the clothes show with Jeff Banks and um oh I can't remember name there was a lady on it um Karen Franklin I think and it was Oh, I just loved it every week. Well, what I just did they do? Lived... Because I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it was it was just talking about the latest fashions, and I can't even remember what the show entailed. Really, I just remember that each week I just looked forward to seeing these amazing outfits up and down the catwalk, and okay, you know, completely yeah. off the wall clothes. Um, and but but yeah, I think I just never. It was a world apart from me, mm. and a world apart from what I what you know what I thought I could do um and then when I got to and I, I love doing like I said I love doing crafty things at school there was pottery when I was in primary school and cross stitch and things so I was quite fortunate that we did a lot of that um but then when I um when I went to finish secondary school and I did um eventually I did a graphic design higher national diploma so just it's like just under a degree level um and it wasn't really i just i just looked for something that that was arty that i thought i'd be interested in but it was it wasn't really my heart wasn't really in it so i did do the course and i got through it um but again i just saw everything as i remember thinking just art like i can't be an artist because i can't draw because i've never really been able to draw or paint so for me and my limited beliefs as a kid, I just thought, well, you'd just be an artist and make art to go in a gallery. That's all you can do. So yeah. I, I didn't really know what options there were. Um, and when I did my GCSEs, when I came to the end of school, so when I was 15, 16, I remember my dad taking me to school to get my results. And the only thing I cared about was my art. And it was the only thing I got an A in. And he was asking me what else I got. And I was like, I don't know. I got an A in art. I don't care. Um and that was all I was bothered about, but I just didn't really know what to do with it. And um, and I and I think low self esteem and um, and it wasn't through through any lack of um, my parents because I remember having conversations with my dad especially about career choices and he would always be like just aim for the sky and you know anything less is you just you just got to aim high and and I, but I just I just thought oh he's just saying those things because he's my dad and I just didn't have that self-belief really that I could do anything with it and I suppose I just looked at other people that were creating things and thinking well they're way better than me that they're yeah. creating things way better than I could create so what's the point of me putting myself into the world of art or creativity only to get sort of laughed at or shot down because like what are you doing here? it's sort of just you know imposter syndrome I suppose yeah, if that starts early unfortunately yeah, it does doesn't it scary it the, the fact that you know when as a child you kind of think yes you can be an artist who makes paintings and sells them in galleries or you can be a fashion designer like you know on the main runway and all that but you don't know enough about all the other aspects no. and the other jobs that actually are in that creative business and and yeah, and they're no good 
job and school counselors who can really, really tell you about that because no. it's like nobody really knows and a lot of those jobs are also people kind of making them for themselves i'm glad uh, i'm glad i know what i know now though for isla because when we've watched um we've watched programs on tv where you know they've had contestants that are i can't remember the name of the program on netflix but it was um you know trying to find the next fashion designer and even watching it i was thinking i couldn't do that i couldn't do that and isla's loving it and i'm going you could do that one day and uh, we've watched the same sort of programs on um the next big makeup artist which is something again looking back i think i'd have loved to have done that yeah um and i'm like you could do that and but i i'm also wary that i don't want to push her and feel like she has to pigeonhole her ideas now I never have that conversation of what do you want to be when you're older never I make a point of never having that conversation with it if she comes to me and says I want to do this or I think I'd like to do that um that's great but I just I really really try and just be in the present with her and not make her think ahead because I like I say to her I don't know what I want to be when I'm older and I'm 40 this year so you know, I'm not going to expect you at age eight to know what you want to do when you're older, especially when you're a creative person. Because what you want to do today it could be yeah. completely different in a in a minute's time. Never mind in ten years' time. But well done for for do for like for having that approach to it and 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 never asking that question because that is just it's so easy to get way too caught up on it. Not because you want to necessarily force them into something, but just because oh, it's interesting to, mm. to imagine what will you be good at, what would you like. But yes definitely also just think that it's important for them to keep their minds open and and yes feel like they're supported in, yeah. in whatever they choose but and yeah. just exposing them to those other options aren't they because I've I know that as an adult I've met people who I met um, a friend through my husband who was a designer for Bowdoin the clothing range the British clothing range and I love I loved putting Isla in Bowdoin clothes because they're always bright bold fun heart you know long lasting good quality clothes and she's like oh yeah I used to design the prints for for Bode and I thought well, I didn't even know that was a thing like no. of, course, of course somebody does that that would yeah. be an amazing job like I would love to be sat in you know in a creative studio just doodling and going oh this would be a nice fabric and so is that what you wanted to do if you if you got the time machine uh, a chance? Is that to be a print designer or what what, what would you choose? I still, I still don't even get... know. I mean, again, it varies from week to week because at one point I was loving um, learning how to draw the human form because I've never known how to do that. And again, I've just looked it up on YouTube and how to do it step by step. And I remember drawing my very first one and thinking, oh, my God, that looks that looks really good. That looks professional. Um, and then I was like, oh, God, I'd love to go back to uni and do fashion design. And um, but then the next week, I'm like, mm, no, I don't think I'd want to do that. So I still don't really know. I find that um, when I have when I have turned my creative uh, abilities into work, um, it's just never been as enjoyable because I remember when I was crocheting and Isla was little um a mum at a baby group had asked me to, she was a photographer and she photographed newborns. So she'd asked me to make these little, um, like the hungry caterpillar. So I made yeah, one of those yeah. um, and, you know, all these different outfits for her to use as props. So I'd have to make the same thing in different sizes. And I absolutely hated it. I loved making the first one because yeah. it was new. 
and then having to make it in another size and then another size and I just didn't enjoy it so um I just find that I'm better if it's a hobby and not paid because then I can flit around and change my mind and not be uh, stuck to one thing I think that's a very important point because a lot of people I find like yes they they have issues they got problems when they suddenly choose to make their hobby into their their way of living and and how they how they get to how 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 they get money because it's not mm. that easy and you said when suddenly you lose the joy you you lose some of all the good things that come from creating and being allowed to be creative and and that's that's horrible when that joy yeah. gets taken out of something you enjoy so much just because it becomes a stress factor or becomes something where you're on a tight schedule yeah definitely so as long as you can do something that you also like and that might yes be creative in some way or or then yeah do something else for you as a job then yeah. then that's good but also you have a job and you you got your um yeah your graphic design degree or is yeah. that also what you work with is that the field you're working in today no it's not no I'm completely uncreative in my work today <laughs> but it suits me um no, we've got we've got a family business that we run and, and it's so uncreative it's not funny um we just um support the motor trade with software and training and I'll leave it at that because it's really dull but <laughs> my, day, my day-to-day job yeah my day-to-day <laughs> job is um because I work for mine and my husband's company um I only have to do a couple of hours a day I work from my office and I've got my sewing machine right next to me like going come and play come and play yeah, um so I quickly try and get through my work and and I as long as I can get it done within the school you know the, the morning drop off and yeah. the school pick up um it's it's flexible and I think when you get to a stage in your life where um you've got a family and uh, I'm definitely I'm over the whole idea of a career it's mm. it's a thing that supports well it supports the family but it also supports my hobby because when my wages go in it goes straight on fabric and yeah. <laughs> yarn and, um, but I know that I've earned it and it's um yeah so it serves a purpose and it's it's every day I'm organizing and you know the job is fine it's just completely removed from my hobby which well, I'm quite happy with. It, it sounds like a perfect combination, mm-hmm. and I and I definitely understand. You you get to a certain point where those dreams about career and a yeah dream about yeah some somewhat unrealistic expectations you have because we can't all be fashion designers or supermodels or actors or whatever, <laughs> and and that's fine. And you actually just really appreciate the steady job that that's tolerable yeah. and and sometimes nice and like also the idea that you can sometimes just. Uh, find a solution to something that's really um almost like a a, a math problem and it's not creative and it's not yeah. something you have to worry about colors or sizes or anything it's just oh does this make sense does this add up and can i put a check on yeah. yes i can and then it's done so that's um yeah i i, I get your point and and lovely that you can uh, you can look at your sewing machine and see it uh, <laughs> like whispering to you while you work <laughs> so so a little bit more on that than on how to how you juggle the whole situation you you do your work your your work work your yeah normal work in the in the school hours and then how the rest of your time with creativity and sewing projects and you have Isla and you also have pets and 
mm. or that how do you make it all work sometimes i just i have to prioritize so sometimes i um you know get what needs to be done done so the dog has to be walked every day um my husband only works from home three two or three no two days a week the rest of the time he works he commutes um so a lot of the time I just have to look at what definitely needs doing the child needs to be fed the dog needs to be walked they're they're the musts I've got to (laughs) I've got to reply to those emails or do I do I could I do them tomorrow um and sometimes I prioritize prioritize my um my sewing or my my knitting and my crocheting I never do in the day I know it sounds ridiculous but I always think that's a mobile craft and I love having a mobile craft so if I'm if I've got five minutes in the car and I'm waiting for Isla on the school um on the school run or she's doing trampoline club and I've got an hour to sit in the cafe and watch her I'm like yes I've got crocheting to do or knitting to do so I love I love having a mobile craft on the go and so I never prioritize that during the day because I always think no that's something I can do in the evening when the telly's on um in the car for five minutes or whatever um whereas sometimes I do prioritize sewing um over other things and I think I I know that myself I I have these bursts of just pure excitement and joy about a project that I want to do or that I'm in the middle of doing or that I just need to finish and I have to go with that energy because I know that sometimes that can be gone completely and I just don't feel any desire to start a project or do something, even though I know that the end result is going to be great and I really, really want to wear that thing. Um, so sometimes I do just have to prioritise my sewing and just go do you know what the house is a complete mess the dog only had half an hour not an hour I haven't prepared any dinner so it's going to be jacket potato and beans but do you know what I really want to start these dungarees so (laughs) that's going to be my priority um and I think especially as women we can feel really guilty about that and as I'm approaching 40 I'm just letting go of that guilt and just thinking do you know well done Has, has anyone died is anyone going to die? Because that's that's the main, that's the top <laughs> thing that could go wrong. Um, and is it making me happy? And does it mean I'll be a happier mum when my daughter comes home from school? Will I be a happier wife when my husband comes home from work? Um, so actually all round, it benefits everyone. So I'm going to make my dungarees or I'm going to make my t-shirt or whatever it is. Um, and I think that's where you have to do it, especially when you get those bursts of, creative energy because they can be either there really heightened or they're just not there and you don't want to do anything and you can't be bothered to sew and I I go through months of it um, because I only started really making proper things um, in uh, 2020 Um, I started in the autumn and I was making loads of lovely autumn clothes and then I got to the summer and I had all these fabrics and all these plans and I just had no desire to do anything. Um, and I thought, oh, that's strange. But in in my sewing room, it's kind of in the basement. So it, it does get a bit cold and it's dark. Um, and in the autumn and winter, it's quite cosy being down here. And I don't really want to be outside. Whereas in the summer, we live four or five minutes from the beach. So it looks beautiful sea. on your photos. <laughs> I must say I'm very envious. 
so I just have to that has to be my priority um and maybe making that indigo dress that I've only just finished that should have been for last summer um it's it's, like I say it's not going to kill anybody that I didn't get to wear that dress last summer and I actually spent lots of time in the sea with my husband and my daughter and we're in we're in the sea most days so that's that's my priority over my sewing or my knitting or my crocheting or whatever um and I think what I'm realizing is you have to just be in the moment more and and yeah be practical you know you don't want to be giving your kid toast every dinner because you're sewing and you're not you know you've got to think about their well-being and all the rest of it but it's when all that's said and done creativity and child neglect but yeah yeah you've got to get that balance <laughs> um, it sounds like a very healthy way of, of, of thinking like with you with the way of prioritizing and, and then sometimes yeah you, you're on that creative burst of energy and uh, yes yeah, a really good idea to then ride that yeah. and other times then yeah don't feel guilty about or about anything, whether it's you feel guilt that your sewing machine is collecting dust, you shouldn't do. And if you feel guilty that your house is a mess, you shouldn't do either because uh, it, it's ups and downs. Yeah, I did um, when I because I did feel guilty because as women, we're really good at that, especially as mums. Um, I did. I got sick of seeing everybody make stuff as well. <laughs> so I think I told you actually because I'd come off Instagram and I think you'd I'd posted something and you said, Oh, it's yeah. nice to see you back. Yeah, I remember worrying, yeah. like, where were you? Because you posted <laughs> so much and then you kind of you always think, Oh, I hope nothing happened to Aww. so and so. So yeah, it was good to then see you again. But Yeah, but I just good- I I just looked at other people and I would think, Well, she's a mum, she's juggling a job. Why is she managing to knock out three dresses a week and she's got this amazing summer wardrobe and I haven't and I was like you know what this isn't healthy I'm just going to take social media off because I I don't have it as a rule I don't have any social media on my phone because I know that if I stop for five minutes in the car or you know whatever I will scroll so now I've always got my knitting or my crochet with me um you are such a sensible adult Wow, I'm getting, I'm getting it's, there. <laughs> it's really, really good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some of these pointers, and I'm gonna, gonna do that because that's, yeah, good idea, Gemma, definitely. But yeah, it's just, I've just got it on my iPad, so I'll, I'll look at it during the day if my iPad's around, or I'll look at it in the evening. And I do genuinely, in the evening when Isla's gone to bed, I genuinely look forward to going onto Instagram, seeing what everyone's been doing. Obviously, seeing if I've got any likes or comments because we're all there for that as well. Um, if I'm about to start a project, I will um, use the hashtags. I know you said you don't use the hashtag, but I'll look up the hashtag for that um, particular item to see how other people have done it and if they've used the fabric that I'm thinking of using and just to get ideas. Um, then I'll go on Facebook, but I don't do anything creative on Facebook. That's just to see, you know, if my friends are doing anything interesting. Okay. Um, but I spend more time on Instagram because it's, it's my chosen world. It's my chosen people. And it's such a lovely community. Um, everyone's chosen just people. so friendly. Oh, it sounds nice. So which, yeah. which, who are your three favorite chosen people then? If you want to give some shout out, some love to somebody else here, oh, who should we so go hard. and follow for, uh, for some inspiration? Right. Some feel good sewing. I would say, oh, okay. Well, I've got a crocheting one as well because I love my crocheting. I'd say um, definitely Attic 24 because she's who I learned to do oh, yes, the blankets yeah. and things. I think she is on there just as Attic 24. 
um she's in yorkshire in england and her photos everything's bright and colorful so it's just it's one of those um instagram accounts that you just you don't necessarily make everything but it's just beautiful to look at and her little quaint cottage in the dales and photos of her walking along the canal it's just you just get sucked into that idyllic i'm following i'm world. gonna follow her right now it sounds, <laughs> it sounds so great <laughs> um but i've got a couple of um favorites in the sewing world one is called well she's called megan bynum she's in california and she's Dinny goose and bird and that's spelled d-i-n-i goose as in goose and bird i think that's the nicknames of her three children um oh she just create again i just like bright stuff she just uh, makes the most colorful beautiful clothes i mean i wouldn't wear anything she makes because it's not my style it's just too she's too stylish for me (laughs) i'm too i'm too practical and plain um but her, the stuff she makes is just beautiful. Um, and I've got another favourite is um, Fiona Glenn. She's in Bristol in the UK and she's called This Vet Sews. So she's a vet by day. Um, she's just really lovely. She's another one like you. I just felt drawn to her and, you know, we send the odd message and she's sending me a pattern that she's um, self-drafted part of it herself, I think. Um she's got a little boy and it's the stuff she makes is complete opposite to the other lady but it, it is practical day to day but she's just um she's just got that energy she's loving what she's making she's enjoying it she's sharing um you know patterns and favorite fabrics and um and they're the ones that I always uh you know if you see the stories at the top there's some that you just think oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, not really bothered about you they're the ones that I want to see what they're what they're doing and and you of course but everyone knows about you because they're here <laughs> thank you thank you well, it's, it's always lovely with new inspiration and yes I also I love Instagram for that for how it mm. can show me those nice colorful beautiful little squares of quirky and fun inspiring content and yeah people to relate to and little everyday stories and also just it, it's so interesting to also just to imagine you know I can see where you're sitting in your office and to hear about you've got the beach 5 minutes away also the way that our world has gotten so much smaller um, mm. with with this online community and and I find it really, uh, yeah, just uh, it titillates me to know that there's people in all kinds of other areas of the world. And uh, Devon, you know, it sounds so great. And then there's somebody in, in LA and then there's somebody up in a Swedish village. And it's just, uh, it's fun. I want to, I want to visit all the places and, and, and see all your, yeah, all your little cottages or where you come from. No. <laughs> but uh, yes, I just, um to end off with, I just want to ask if there's anything new you have been, been inspired to actually make or a new skill or something, because you, you already do loads with, with all the different creative things that you do. But is there something you're looking to take up, like weaving or something else? Or are you happy exactly where you are? Or um, I did a few months ago I when I was trying to get this Tilly and the Buttons indigo dress to fit me, um, which was just... Yeah, went on for months. Was that the checkered one that you showed? Uh, yeah. Yes, very, very pretty. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I struggled. I struggled with the fit of it. Um, but luckily, I'm in, 
I'm part of an online Facebook um, sewing group called Kerno Social, and Kerno is um, means Cornish. It's um, yeah, K E R N O W Social, and it's people from all over the world. But it started in Cornwall, um, and it's just yeah, it's like a big family. We all we've you know we haven't met each other, but we know each other, and we share our makes, and we have a challenge to do every month um that annie is who started the group she sets a challenge called get set so so the beginning of each month you can do it you don't have to do it some you know there's all sorts of different people in there making different things um and there's one man in there called jeff who um is a pattern maker i think originally so he could see when i posted the picture of the indigo top i made in the summer you could see where it was pulling in like a diamond shape across the front of the top. Oh, so he knew like that. Just yeah. So he knew exactly what needed changing and what wasn't working with the pattern because I'd, I always grade. I don't just stick to one size because I'm a pear shape. I'm, I'm, I'm nearly six foot. So I have to always add length. Um, but I was grading and I was doing all the things I was meant to do. Um, and I really struggled with this so he basically did blocks for me I gave him all my sizes and he did my own blocks which was just amazing so I've got these blocks now to work from for my sizes um, and so he helped me adjust the dress and um, he's very kind he said he'll teach me how to do pattern cutting so that's something I would love to do but I think it's something I would like to do when I've got less on um and yeah we're we're going to be renovating our house at the end of the year so I really don't need to be taking on another hobby <laughs> but oh, that's oh, something that, I, that will be your new pastime yeah instead. yeah but that's something I'd love to do and um as a little mobile craft because I like those mm-hmm. um in the simply sewing magazine they always show new well little techniques and things and it's just um different hand embroidery techniques and it's something that I've never I've always just looked at embroidery and thought, oh, it's not really my thing. It just looks too complicated. It's just, too, you know, would you see a big piece? Whereas this just broke it down into the stitches. And I thought, I, I think I'd get quite a lot of pleasure just doing, you know, like a daisy stitch or whatever it's called to make like the little flower leaves and lazy daisy. That's it. That's what they call it. Um, so I wanted to learn that. And I'm hoping that it's something Isla will like to have a go at as well because I think that's something we could do together yes that sounds like a good good uh, uh, parent child activity together definitely yeah I actually used one of those little kind of kits from Molly Makes where there was a little embroidery kit and my youngest uh, sat next to me one day I was doing something and she had a go with that and then yeah she also got way too perfectionistic looking at the back because of course that that didn't look good but the back no. doesn't have to look good no. you know it's fine but but she was really enjoying it and just just going freestyle instead of following the drawing it was it was it was very cozy and I love the concept of mobile crafts that is mm. taught me a new word new word also uh, <laughs> taught me about to be better with social media but also <laughs> a new a new concept mobile crafting that is brilliant so if you you know now if I come off social media and I just go quiet for months it's because I've lost my creativity and I don't want to see anyone else creating no, anything. No, it's fine I, I know you're going to get back here because I, it is it is always ups and downs and uh, I'm sure such a, a creative person like you you will you will always return to it after yeah. a little break I can't imagine anything else but no, it's been definitely. great talking to you Gemma 
And I, I just wonder, thank you. I want you to just tell everybody where they can follow you so they can see your brilliant makes and all so, your colourful leggings. So, <laughs> yeah, all the wireless colourful leggings. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm only on Instagram, or we're only on Instagram, and it's Gemma with a G underscore and underscore Isla. Um, and yeah, you might find me if you search Gemma Roberts, but we're we're on there but i don't i don't do any i haven't got a blog i haven't got a website i haven't got facebook it's just all on instagram instagram um, is all you need it's yeah great. i'll, just, I'll just make a link in the uh just yes. sharing ideas and things and what are you up to right now because it is soon well it's three o'clock my time and 2 p.m your time so yeah. what's on what's what's next on the agenda just to round things off well, I've got to pick up either in 45 minutes. So um, I am thinking about cutting out some Yanta overalls, some Helen's Closet Yanta overalls, which I've made before. I've made one black linen cotton mix for summer and I absolutely love them. And these are going to be in same colour as I'm wearing now, actually, like a really dark um, forest green, chunky um, corduroy so because I was hoping to have them for the autumn winter and I thought if I don't get a wriggle on I'm going to be wearing <laughs> thick corduroy dungarees in the summer <laughs> well that sounds like a good project and yeah I I, I can't wait to see them I'm, I'm sure you, you they won't have to wait that long hopefully <laughs> <laughs> thanks for stopping by and uh, yes to all you listeners out there I will see you next time bye bye <laughs>